Hello everyone, welcome to episode 7 of Cold Wave Soundcheck. The Cold Waves 4 Music Festival in Chicago is quickly approaching with kickoff show at Double Door featuring Acumen Nation with Rabbit Junk and Dissector on Thursday, September 24th. And 14 bands led by Godflesh and Frontline Assembly at Metro September 25th and 26th. This show is designed to better get to know some of the bands you may not otherwise be familiar with and give you a few weeks' lead time to absorb their music and better enjoy the festival. On today's episode, we have Bill Lieb and the sounds of Frontline Assembly. Let's jump right in with Killing Grounds from their 2013 album, Echo Genetic.
I wanted to start it off with the fact that most of the other bands playing this year or previous years of Cold Waves, they either you know had broken up and just came back to play a, a, a one-off or have a reunion or had some sort of extended hiatus. And your career seems to have just been on a, a consistent output, you know, from beginning to end. So I was just wondering, you know, how you feel like you've been able to, to find the inspiration to keep going and to keep growing and, you know, not burn out. Well, I, <laughs> to put it best, actually, it was like me and Reese when we started doing this. Our, our main objective was never to get a real job. <laughs> so, so we said, let's just make as much music as we can, so we don't have to be part of the of the of the nine to five crowd. And uh, I, I guess I think the, probably the biggest part of it is it's just being such a big music fan. But diversity, you know, it's like whether you know me and Reese, you know, like over the years, all the side projects that you know we've done and. From Delirium to Frontline to Conjure One to Intermix to, you know, to like Reese producing Fear Factory, you know, Paradise Lost, and just doing all these collaborations. And, you know, I, I like everything from Massive Attack to like, you know, like I said, to Fear Factory to, you know, Portishead to like even some EDM, you know, I mean, it, you know, with, with technology, when the sampler first came out, we thought like, okay, this, this is, this is the future because we could do anything and be anything just by, you know, by using a sampler. And, and so, we, you know, whether we we wanted to do like Dead Can Dance music or we wanted to sound like Ministry or whatever, you know, like with guitars, it, it was available to us, you know, because of technology. And, you know, before that, if you were in a rock band, that's it. You were in a rock band, you know. So between both of those, we just, uh, we always seem to find new territory or, Whenever we heard something new that we liked, we thought, "Well, let's try, let's 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 do this," and and just never really, you know, got tired of it. You know, and then also like, you know, first I was, I started off with Michael Balch, then he joined, you know, you know, Ministry or Revco, and then and you know, and then Reese, and then I used Chris, and there was this big revolving. Now there's Jared and Jeremy and Sasha, and so it was just like this uh, big revolving door and. I never closed the door to anybody, and so it was kind of just always like whoever wanted to do something at any given time, you know, I mean, I just said, sure, let's do something. And so it, uh, I made it easy in an open forum. It seems like some other bands have a hard time trying out different things without alienating your fan base. Do you feel like you've been able to experiment in different ways and not get that blowback that other bands encounter? Well, you know, like I think Conjure 1 and Delirium and Frontline are... When I, on the Facebook thing, the, the fans are so definitive. You know, there's people that love Delirium that that never never even heard of Frontline, and you know, like that world of Tiesto and Arbor Member and, and all these guys. You know, that's such a different world. And I just I just think in general, like Reese said, you know, music is so categorized now. There's so many venues and so many alleys, and and people don't cross collaborate. Uh, you know, like they did in the old days. You know, if you at a frontline show, you'd have metal fans, you'd have industrial fans, you know, you'd have electronic fans. You know, now it's very segregated. You know, if you like one type of music, it seems to be one type of people go there. So maybe in that way, the, you know, the affinity, the line is, is good, you know. But And I think people that don't like delirium, that like frontline, well, they just don't listen to it, you know. But I don't think it lessens what we've done. Just because we've been around so long and, you know, we've proven that, you know, we're not just like 
doing this to to make money or or something. And we actually like creating stuff, you know. Zero.
I want to go back to the I versus Spy tour. Tell me about, you know, the energy of playing with Skinny Puppy and, and bringing on Youth Code and having How Job and, and how that tour went. Well, you know, that that tour, never to be repeated again, uh, was kind of like the perfect storm, you know. It was like, I think initially um, I threw an idea at Kevin and Kevin and said, hey, let's do like the Monster Industrial Tour. And because I started with that band and then a lot of people, you know, over the years said a lot of stuff and I said, you know, now that we're both still around, why don't we do one tour together and, and everybody's happy and, and it all makes sense. And uh, and uh, Ogre initially liked the idea, but then I think uh, Nick Storch, the booking agent, you know, like thought that um, BNB Nation was going to be a bigger draw. And BNB pulled out, and um, you know, you know, we just we just stepped in, and, and uh, people responded. And I think anybody and everybody who ever like Puppy or Frontline from the last 20 years came out just, uh, you know, as a, let's say like a, an anniversary get-together. It was kind of like a big love fest. How job, you know, Daniel Meyer, he's been around for a while too, you know, I mean, he's been around for 10, 15 years, you know, so, and uh, I think, yeah, Youth Code, you know, we, we got done a remix for them just before, and we met Sarah here, she was in Vancouver, yeah, I don't think anybody knew what to expect, but I guess they're very punk rock, you know, it's just one guy and a girl, and she's jumping around, and he's doing his keyboard, and, you know, kind of quite a 90-degree turn from us and Poppy with all our band, and all our stuff, and musicians, and it, it was, yeah, it was like the perfect storm, you know, like, and everybody seemed to come out, and uh, there was no losers, I think it was a win-win for the whole, for the whole music scene, our genre, and, um, one for the history books. What else is going on? You said you're working on a, a follow-up to the Air Mac album? We've got a lot of songs now, and like I just listened to um, a gentleman by the name of Comaduster just did a mix for us, and I really like it. So I think we're going to use him to mix the whole album because he also, you know, adds things and stuff. And uh, So we have that going, and I think Reese has a new Conjure One album that's going to come out one of these days, and... We've got almost all the Delirium songs finished. And then me and Reese are going to do a, a special DJ set in Belgium, which is going to feature Delirium as the highlights uh, in two weeks. So we're flying over there to do that. And um, I think they're planning on, on um, next year we're going to do some Delirium live shows in Europe at some of those big goth festivals and, and some frontline So. We're not doing a lot of touring this year anymore, so. But yeah, we'll, we've got our hands full with all that stuff, you know, like this, we're always trying to make it better than the last release, and so we, that's kind of where we're at right now. We, I think it's almost been two years since we released Echogenetic, which actually became one of our most well-received albums, you know. I guess one of these days we should probably do one more, right?
know, we do all the festivals in Europe and, you know, where there's, you know, 20,000 people and, and, and you know, and um, when we did Wake Gothic last year, we were the last band and that room holds 10,000 and it was full. But, you know, like when you get those big festivals and you get so many bands and, you know, people are there first thing in the morning, it's it's almost too much of everything. It's like, you know, you really, you know what I mean? You can't focus on every band and get into every band. So I find most people that are standing in this giant arena like that, that full or outside, like, you know, Mara Luna holds 20,000 when we play. You know, it's just like people get kind of burnt out. There's nowhere to sit. It's hot out, you know. And so, so like, if you have no experience playing at those big festivals, if you think somehow you're going to go out there and 20,000 people are going to headbang, you're mistaken, you know? Right. It's just it's just not the way it is. So you just have to go out and, you know, put on a good show and and, and be happy about that. <clears throat> Unless you're maybe like the, the final headliner of the night when you, people can see the lights and the smoke and, and the whole deal. So, But I guess at the same time, you know, being putting your name on a big bill and the headlining thing and having people see you like you know i mean think of it i always think of it when you do maraluna and there's twenty thousand people you'd have to play 20 shows where you get a thousand people a night to cover that same ground right i guess festivals make a lot more sense right yeah yeah if you're not the main focus you know i think they've hit the sweet spot here you know uh, uh seven bands human traffic is going on first i think they're they're an amazing new band i'm really excited for their set and then, you know, when you guys come on at the end of the night, I think I'll still have enough energy to enjoy that set, too. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to the Saturday night sets from everyone. Yeah, I think I think everybody there is going to represent, you know, I mean, I think it's like it's like I said, I think it's the whole energy of the whole thing. I mean, it's not like we're like some starlet band, you know, it's just I, I think everybody will probably bring a lot, you know, so it's uh just hopefully everybody, you know, it's just a good vibe and everybody has a good time and good cause. And, um, I mean, that's a, that's all you can ask for, you know. Along with Killing Grounds, you heard Plasticity and Final Impact. Frontline Assembly can be found at mindphaser.com and facebook.com slash frontlineassembly. Follow us on SoundCloud or subscribe to the show through iTunes or your favorite podcast app with the links found in the show notes to keep up with new episodes coming every Wednesday over the next few weeks. Our opening music is Monster Zero by Acumen Nation. Next week, our guest is Chris Connolly from Cockshore. We close out each show with a segment dedicated to beloved sound engineer and musician Jamie Duffy, who was the inspiration for the Cold Waves Festival. This clip has Dan Brill and Jason Novak from Jamie's band Acumen Nation remembering a tour with Frontline Assembly, and how the slap game introduced to them by the Frontline Assembly guys went horribly, horribly wrong. So I told yeah. the story, I thought we met up with Frontline Assembly later, but what happened was we, we played with them in Rochester, and then they, that, that was the first show that we did with them, so that's yeah. why the slap game was being played. Oh my god, the slap game. So I was telling the story of the slap game about how you flip a coin and the loser gets decked in the face. No, you take a shot and then... Slap. Oh, you have to do a shot? We didn't have any coins. So how did you determine who slapped? You, okay, here it is. Jason, uh, I'm going to do a shot. Okay, but see, you do a shot now this is, it used to be a competition, though, and you flip a coin or roll a die, and whoever had odds or evens, the loser uh, gets smacked. So now you guys got rid of... Like that. We just went straight, straight Okay, the so then everybody's doing slap with the Frontline Assembly guys, and Jamie, how did he get the lip? <laughs> well... 
we were getting into it, and then Jamie comes in, and it's, it's his turn, and you know, four or five shots in, getting slapped and like laughing about it, that you just got slapped, like ears are ringing, like full. You know, it was great. And then so Jamie was getting a little bit strong, you know, kind of trying to get up on people and everything. And there was, he was wrestling with somebody. And I was like, okay, we got to break it up a little bit. Well, somebody lost their footing, don't know who. That resulted in Jamie losing his footing. Poor guy goes down. Uh, his face hits the wooden arm of this couch that was <laughs> backstage. And that split his, his lip all the way up here. Like and then, and then he remember is that when he put the did he put the crazy glue on it then? We we were on we were in, in, on, on the tour bus, and then he's like, "You guys gotta you guys gotta pull over, um, you guys gotta pull over. I need some super glue." <laughs> For what? <laughs> I just glue up my lip. It'll be fine. <laughs> did you know that that's why why super glue was invented to like you know in World War One combat combat. I just I just cut whatever. Well, we did stop and get some super glue. And we tried to to patch him up the super glue. It didn't work. But every time saliva would get it, into it, it, it would just dissolve it. So he was and this went all through the next the day. Time. He kept applying the super glue, <laughs> like somebody <laughs> might apply acne medicine, just over throughout the rest of the day. And we're finally at the DC club, yeah, and it's club like six o'clock, five o'clock. We're like, you've been doing that all day, and it's this. He's, he's, it looks these layers of it thick on either side of the cut, but a river of it just busting open, yeah. and him just applying more. It's like and blood cobbler on his lip. Finally, we're like, disgusting. you gotta go to the emergency room and get no, that. No, no, they, they, well, a medic came and stitched him up in the room, remember? Or did he go somewhere? No, he went somewhere. Oh, okay. The medic came and took a look at him and, like, uh, you gotta go to an emergency that's room. That's 